Well, no one ever told me that part of being a parent would mean that I would have to assemble all the cool toys that my in-laws got for my kids. It was uh, Thanksgiving this year, and Brooks' family came into town, and we were celebrating Christmas then because they weren't able to come back on Christmas. And the big gift for the family was this dual basketball arcade-style hot shot hoop. It's a lot of fun, I'm not going to lie. It's really cool. They got it for us. We're like, great, thank you, thank you for the gift. And then I spent my Thanksgiving afternoon in the garage uh, putting this thing together. The YouTube video is about 15 minutes. Two and a half hours in, Brooke came to check on me for the fourth time and uh, said, are you sure you don't need any help? And I'm like, yeah, go back inside. And this time, uh, she wouldn't take no for an answer. So she stayed outside and, and helped me finish, put together the gift. And it did go a lot easier when I had somebody else out there have, helping me. But I just got to thinking of the fact how the gift to us caused me to have to go to work. And the boys love it. It's a lot of fun. But I just find that to be an interesting dynamic. We're given the gift that requires me to go to work. And this morning, we're going to see that the same is true in the spiritual realm as well. So if you have your phones or your tablets, I'd invite you to follow along with us in the Bible app. It's a free resource that you can download from the app store of your choosing. Once you've done that and installed it on your device, either enable your locations or type in zip code 54201 under the events feature in there, Lakeside Community Church will pop up. If you have a traditional Bible with you today, we're going to be in the New Testament book of Ephesians. We're going to look at Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 16 in just a minute. But before we do that, I want to catch you up with where we've been over the course of the last few weeks as we've been taking a look at what happens to us when we make the decision to follow Jesus and something we're called brand new. So what we saw to start off this series is the very first thing that we looked at is the moment we make the decision to follow Jesus, we are made brand new. We are a new creation. We are all brand new. We're new creations in Christ. The old is gone. The new has come. That's the first transformation that God makes in us. Then we saw that God doesn't just stop his work in us there, that God isn't just done with us now that he's made us a new creation, but God is actively invested in our lives, that he is our mediator and he is constantly taking us to God the Father and he's constantly engaged and invested in our lives, that we have a mediator and that is Jesus. And then we saw that this isn't because we're really cool people or because we're really good or because we can buy it or or somehow earn it, but this is all because of God's grace, that this is a, a gift to us from a gracious God, not anything we could do to earn or deserve it, but it's all because God loves us and he has graciously given this to us. And then we saw that just because this is all from grace, that doesn't give us a license to just go out and do whatever we want, but that our lifestyle should honor God and that our lives should look the way that God wants our lives to look as an overflow and as an outpouring of our appreciation for the transformation that God has done within us. And then last week we saw that God is for us, that God is for us. God is invested, God is engaged, and God is rooting us on, God is cheering for us, God loves us, God is for us. Today, we're going to start to look at what our responses to all of this can and should be. Now, we've already done that in terms of our conduct, but we're going to look today at what our response to all of this 
should be. And Ephesians 4 starts out in verses 1 through 10 that we don't have time to look for today, but it's a really cool section of Scripture. And the Apostle Paul goes back and he does a little wordplay on a psalm that, again, we don't have time to, to, talk, to talk about today, but, but he just does a, a really subtle transition where he talks about all the gifts that Jesus has given to us as a result of his resurrection. And so if you aren't reading currently anything, I think Ephesians 4 would be a great chapter for you to read this week, uh, just engage with Scripture throughout the course of the week. But Ephesians 4, 1 through 10, talks about all the benefit and all the blessing as a result of the resurrection of Jesus. And now on the heels of that, we get to Ephesians 4, and we're going to read verse 11 before we move on, because we need to build a foundation for what we're going to be talking about today. And Ephesians 4, 11 does that for us, where we read these words. And God gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers. Now, again, we're just going to pause right there because before we move forward, we need to build a foundation. Again, what's just happened earlier in Ephesians 4, the Apostle Paul has talked about the benefits of the resurrection of Jesus. And now we get to Ephesians 4.11, and I'll read again. And God gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers. So we move from the, the benefits of the resurrection of Jesus, and now we're introduced to this idea of the church. And what we see are here five distinct roles that are different, but that are all important in the church. And the first role that we see is apostles. Now, the apostles were the 11 remaining disciples. Judas was a disciple. He betrayed Jesus. He, after he betrayed Jesus, took his own life, and then they cast lots and chose Matthias to replace Judas. So those are the apostles. The apostles were the 11 remaining disciples plus Matthias. Those are the 12 apostles, and the role of the apostles was to build the foundation for the church. The role of the apostles was to build the foundation for the church. They were, they were instrumental in implementing getting the church established and set up. That was the role of the apostles. The prophets, these are individuals who spoke practical, direct revelation from God. The scriptures weren't complete at this time. And so these are individuals who spoke direct revelation from God in a very practical way. Evangelists, these are people who have a heartbeat for people who are far from God. These are people whose, whose heart just breaks for those that don't have the hope of Jesus. And their desire is to reach everyone they can possibly reach with, with the hope that Jesus offers and that Jesus provides by his death, burial, and resurrection. The fact that we can have a relationship with God. Evangelists' hearts just are burdened for people who haven't made the decision to follow after God. And then we get introduced this idea of shepherds. This idea of shepherds in the church. And these are people who are just concerned about the needs and welfare of other individuals. And they see the plight of other people. They see the opportunities they have to serve other people. And their hearts are just burdened to go and to make a difference and to help other people with their needs and with their welfare. And there's teachers. These are people who convey the truths of Scripture. These are people who take uh, scripture and make it understandable and help people understand this is what Scripture means. This is how you can put it into practice, into your life. And all of these are instrumental roles in the church. Now notice, they're distinct roles. They're distinct roles. And oftentimes there can be some overlap. There can be some overlap of these, of these different roles. 
But these are five distinct roles that we see here in Ephesians 4.11. And if you're scratching your head right now and saying, well, what, what does all of this matter in terms of following Jesus? I'm so glad you asked that question, and we're about to answer it. But I just need to set up that foundation uh, before we go any further. Another question you might have is, well, why did God do all this? Why did God do this? And we get the answer in the first part of verse 12, where we read these words, to equip the saints for the work of ministry. Let me read that again. To equip the saints for the work of ministry. Now, you might be scratching your head and saying, wait a minute, we just talked about apostles and prophets and evangelists and shepherds and teachers. Isn't it their job to do ministry? Isn't the work of ministry dependent upon those five roles? And the answer that we see here is no and yes. Yes, they are doing ministry, but no, ministry is not contained to a select few. Ministry is not contained to a select few in a certain office. What we see here in Ephesians 4.12 is that every single person who's made the decision to follow Jesus is called to serve. Every single person who's made the decision to follow Jesus is, is given the responsibility of doing ministry, which means when you make the decision to follow Jesus, you now have a job to do. Verse 12 continues this way, for building up the body of Christ. So to quit the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, meaning you are to use your talents and gifts to serve others. The, the, one of the things that happens when we serve God is it, it enables us to grow closer to God, as we're going to see here in just a minute, but it also enables other people to grow closer to God. And God has called all of us, every single one of us, to be active and to be engaged and doing the work of ministry. The responsibility doesn't re re resign on a select few. But it's for all of us. Verse 13 goes on to say this, Until we all attain the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. We strengthen the faith of one another when we serve. When we serve, we attain unity and the fullness of faith, the fullness of knowledge, and the measure that helps us grow and it helps us mature. In the same way, at the moment we make the decision to follow after Jesus, we are a new creation. In the same way that when we have a baby, they're, they're brand new and they're young. Spiritually, at that moment, we are young. We are young spiritually. It doesn't matter if you accepted Christ later on in life. It doesn't matter. Spiritually speaking, you are young. You're immature. And one of the ways that you grow and one of the ways that you develop is by serving, is by serving. We strengthen our own faith and we strengthen the faith of one another when we put into practice the gifts and talents and abilities that God has given all of us. God has not wired us all the same. In the same way that we saw the very foundation of the church, we have apostles and we have prophets 
and we have evangelists, and we have shepherds, and we have teachers. Five very different roles there. People aren't wired in the exact same way. And the beauty of that is we all bring different talents. We all bring different abilities. We all bring different gifts to the table. And the church needs all of them brought together because when that happens, not only do we grow closer to Jesus, but we help one another grow closer to Jesus in the process. We strengthen the faith of one another. And I love this concept and this idea of this fullness, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we would fully experience the life that God has in store for us, that we would grasp it and we would, we would cling to it and we would see it and experience the fullness of life, that we, would, that we would go out and attack life with the vigor and the excitement of somebody who's just graduating from high school when it seems like the whole world's in front of us and we've got that energy and that excitement to go and to make a difference. And not that we would experience, uh, not that we would experience a life of regret looking back on it in our old age, looking back and saying, well, here were all the opportunities that I missed because I didn't, I didn't go after it. I didn't take it. That we, spiritually speaking, would attack life with the fullness, with this idea that we would fully experience all that God has designed and created us to be. We have one of those uh, water dispensers on our refrigerator at our house, and a while ago we had somebody who was really young over and just at the, just at the height where they could reach it. And it was a really big deal for them to take the cup and to push it on the water thing. And apparently you're supposed to applaud and make a big deal out of that. I'm not a kid guy. I don't know. So I just take my cues from Brooke. It, she loves kids. And, and she's like cheering them on. I'm like, yay. Okay, they're getting some water out of the thing. She's like, keep cheering. I'm like, yay. And, and they're cheering. They're filling. They're taking it, taking the cup away, pushing it back, taking it away, pushing it back. And, and the cup just starts filling higher and higher and higher. And I'm like, oh, how long are we going to do? this for. I need to get the mop. And uh, just, just watching. And, and then all of a sudden, the kid just holds down. He just holds down the, the thing that's just dispensing the water. And we're cheering. We're like, yeah, this is exciting. Not really. But uh, they, they, and then the water starts flowing out of the cup. And rather than stop, rather than pull it off the water dispenser, the kid's just holding it on the cup, just basically being showered in the water and having just a blast that they're watching all the water flow out of the cup and my water bill rise all before my eyes, like just, just watching that happen. And there was that level of excitement in that fullness that their cup is just overflowing and that's the life that I want you to experience in Jesus that your joy is overflowing that your excitement is overflowing yes it is our obligation to serve as a result of the fact that we are followers of Jesus but I don't want you to look at it like that what I want you to see is that serving and being involved and being invested and being engaged is not just an obligation but it's an opportunity and when we look at it like an opportunity to utilize the gifts and the talents and the passions that God has given us to join him in his work, spoiler alert, God doesn't need you, God doesn't need me, but he chooses to utilize us anyway for his glory and to partner with him in the work that he's doing, even though he doesn't need us, he chooses to allow us to come into the fold and be a part of that. Are you kidding me? It's absolutely incredible. And so see it for the opportunity that it is. 
and that joy of, of just finding that fullness, that is the life that I want for each and every one of us so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness, in deceitful schemes. When, when I was a kid and I would go to the ocean with my parents, every year I would get mad at my dad because a wave would knock me over. And I'd look at him like, what the heck, dad? You're supposed to hold me up. What's wrong with you? And apparently it's hereditary because now we've taken our kids to the ocean a couple times. And every time they get knocked down by the wave, they look up at me like, what the heck, dad? You're supposed to be strong enough to keep me up and not let the waves knock me down. Here's the reality, spiritually speaking. You are going to, you're going to be hit with some wild stuff. You're going to be hit with some wild stuff. You're going to be hit with some stuff that's just crazy. You're going to be hit with some stuff that you're like, I'm not, not, not so sure about that one. You're going to be hit with some stuff that you just don't understand, but you search the scriptures and you realize, oh, okay, my bad. I was wrong. That makes sense. But there's some crazy stuff that's out there. There's some crazy stuff. And some of the crazy stuff is just from people who are crazy. And some of the crazy stuff, and this is the more dangerous stuff, some of the crazy stuff is from people who aren't crazy and who mean well, but they just don't have a full understanding. And so whether they've taken something out of context or, or whether they just don't get it, their intentions are pure and their motives are good, but they're just misguided or they're just wrong. Like you're going to be hit with some crazy stuff out there, spiritually speaking. Sometimes it's misguided religious philosophies. Sometimes it's human people with some undermined agendas who want to destroy you, who want to take advantage of people. Sometimes it's by people that want to defraud you. Here's the deal. There, there's no shortage of these things that are out there. And what we're told is that we need to grow up and, and we need to mature. And one of the ways that we do that certainly is by knowing the Scriptures. And one of the ways that we do that is by prayer. But one of the ways we're told that we grow and we mature is by serving. That we use the gifts, the talents, and abilities that God has given us. And God uses that to bring us about, to strengthen us, and to make us more mature. And by the way, the benefit of wisdom here that's discussed, the benefit of wisdom that we experience from serving and community and learning, this has implications that go beyond just, just our spiritual lives. Does this impact our spiritual lives? Absolutely, 100%. But this has implications that move beyond just the spiritual aspect of our lives into every area of our lives. And what is one of the responses to this? Well, verse 15 tells us, rather... Speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ. Speaking the truth in love. Sometimes we think love or truth are mutually exclusive. Like, I can be loving or I could be truthful. Every one of you that's married knows that, all right? You, you know what it's like to, to operate in that area. But these aren't mutually exclusive ideas. That we, as people who follow Jesus, have been called to speak the truth. So yes, we speak the truth. And we've been called to love. So do we speak the truth? Yes. Do we love? Yes. These are not mutually exclusive. 
And we get, in, we get in trouble when these go out of balance. We can be all truth. And we speak the truth. But we don't worry about our presentation. We don't worry about the way that we present the truth. And what happens there is broken relationship. It's not wrong in that we spoke the truth. We should always be truthful. But it's wrong in that we weren't loving in how we conveyed the truth. Or sometimes we think, well, the truth's going to offend. And so rather than offend, rather than make somebody upset, I'm going to be all loving. Not realizing that the, the fact that speaking the truth is one of the most loving things we can do for someone. That telling somebody just what they want to hear, even if it's wrong, isn't loving at all. But it's incredibly damaging. And what we've been called as people who follow Jesus, we've been called to, yes, be truth speakers. And yes, be people who love. That we are to speak the truth in love. And we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. That we grow up, that we develop, that we mature, that we don't stay the same that we've always been that we move on. From whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. So the whole body, every single one of us, joined together, that we are all joined together, that we are separate individuals with separate talents and separate gifts and separate abilities, and we're all unique. But God brings all that together, all of our different experiences, all of our different abilities, all of our different talents and gifts. God brings all of those, those individual aspects together, and he forms a beautiful body, that we are all part of the body. And when it works properly, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. That no, we don't all have the same function, but we don't all need to have the same function. That we work together. And your gifts are not my gifts, and my gifts are not your gifts, but they don't have to be. And it doesn't mean that my gift is any better than your gift, or your gift is any better than my gift. It means God lovingly brings us all together and allows us to function together so that we have the opportunity and ability to do some really incredible things. Which means every single person, every single person with every gift, is vitally important. Every person, every contribution, every gift matters. Every gift matters. Now, there are some gifts that are more visible than other gifts, and there are some gifts that have a greater impact. For instance, if, if you bust your finger, you're out hammering or, or doing something with tools, and you bust your, bust your pinky finger with a hammer, that's a bad day. That hurts. That's a bad day, maybe a bad, maybe a bad week. Something goes wrong with your heart, that's a bad year. It doesn't mean that your pinky finger isn't important, isn't vital. Every single part of the body matters. Every single person, 
every single contribution, every single gift matters and is important. And so what we're going to do right now is we're going to talk about every opportunity that we have available at Lakeside for you to jump into the fold, for you to use your gifts and your talents and your abilities to make a difference, to join together so that God collectively does something way cooler than, than we can accomplish individually. And here, here's what you might be thinking, because here's what I'd be thinking if I was here in this talk today. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna be brutally honest with you. Here's what I'm thinking if I'm hearing this talk from somebody else today. Well, Lakeside's screwed. They don't have enough people working and stuff. They're desperate for volunteers. So here comes the guilt trip. Like, that's what I'm thinking. I'm just being honest with you and transparent. That is exactly what I'm thinking if I'm out there, all right? It's, it's exactly what I'm thinking. And maybe I'm a pessimist. Maybe I've just got a dark, warped mind. I don't know what that says about me, but I'm just being honest with you. That's what I'm thinking if I'm hearing this talk is here comes the guilt. They're in desperate need for people. So, all right, that's what this is all about. And let me just tell you, that's not the case. We started five or six months ago on Thursday just randomly expressing our appreciation for people that are serving in different areas of Lakeside. And I can't even tell you how incredible it's been to see just all the different people who are volunteering in different roles and different capacities in making a, a huge difference in, in ways that they are gifted and talented and it's just so incredible to see. So we don't come to you today out of a place of desperation. We don't come to you today trying to guilt you, trying to force you into anything. No, what we come to you today as is saying, hey, this is an opportunity. And yes, as a follower of Jesus, you have an obligation. But we want you to experience the opportunity. We want you to see what it's like to, to engage and to serve and to be blessed in that. So with that disclaimer aside, and all of these, all of these are available at lakeside-church.com slash help. You can find more. You can contact us that way. If any of these get your heart stirring, if any of these excite you and energize you, you can find out more there and you can, uh, you can find out details and you can follow up with us there at lakeside-church.com slash help. But with that said, here, here's the list. We, an art coordinator. We need an art coordinator for the kids and the littles. I don't understand artists. I love what you make. It's beautiful. I can't draw a circle, all right? Uh, but we need somebody who has a passion for art and who says, hey, here's what the kids and the littles are going to be talking about, and here's some crafts they could do. These could be some ways to engage them. This could be something exciting for them to do. We need baristas. We love to serve people. We love to make you drinks. We love to, love to just have an environment that you can come on Sundays and, and you can have time to catch up with people and talk to people and share the concerns of your week, share the hopes and the dreams that you have, talk about what's going on. And if we can provide you a drink during that time, we'd love to do that. Cafe servers, camera operators for, for the stream, we, if, uh, people to, to run cameras. Classroom assistants for the kids and the littles. A cook. One of the, things, one of the things that we don't have the luxury of having here, and I can't believe I'm going to say this, is a kitchen. Because my thought on most church kitchens is absolutely not. That's a headache and a half. Under no circumstances should any church ever have a kitchen. That's just my thoughts on it. But then the reality is we live in Algoma. And we have three or four restaurants that will cater. And if they decide to go away for the winter... 
like a third of Lakesiders do. Thanks for watching the stream provided to you by the camera operators and the stream operator back there. But if they decide to go away from the cold because they're weak, just kidding, uh, not really. Uh, they decide to go, go away from the cold for a little while. Then we're left with like today we got Next Steps and I hope everybody in Next Steps enjoys the peanut butter and jelly that we made them for lunch. That's a joke. Please, if you signed up for Next Steps, still come. We got you dino chicken nuggets, all right? You're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. No, we found a caterer. But what we need is we need people who are passionate about cooking so that we, we have events like the tubing. When we have other events that we're doing at the church, we can serve people. We can make food. There's something that is so powerful when you sit down and eat together and you share a meal and you just you talk about life. You, talk, you get to know each other, and we want to be part of that. We want to build deep relationships. We want to be a source of encouragement and support for people, and that's just one way that we can do it. And right now, we don't have the capabilities to do that because we don't have a kitchen here. We need concierge, people that are outside in the lobby that when people walk into Lakeside for one of the first few times, then they don't really know where to go, that we can point them in the directions. We can tell them about all the drink offerings that we have at the, at the bar. We can talk to them about upcoming events. We can make sure that they have somebody to sit with if they want that. Not that we're going to follow them if they're like, get away from me, but that we at least offer so that they don't feel alone because every person who walks in these doors matters to us because they matter to God. We need craft coordinators. We need event chaperones. We need an event coordinator. We need a game coordinator, a general contractor. When we did the stage redesign, it was over 20-some people who were involved in that process from getting chairs to painting to building everything and designing everything. This, this isn't done by one or two people. This is a community effort of people coming together and making a tangible big difference. And if you listen to the diversity of these opportunities, there is something for you. And I'm not even halfway done with the list. We need uh, greeters, people that will, will say hi and make everybody feel welcome. Landscapers, Lighting technicians, we currently utilize about 10% of the capabilities that we have with our lights and our lighting board back there. We need somebody that just loves to dig into that and can help us enhance our visual presentation of worship because we believe worshiping God is one of the greatest things we can do. It refocuses our hearts and our minds and it sets them upon Him. It's a prequel to one of the things we'll be doing in heaven as we sing to Him and we want to make sure that we present this in an excellent way way in every capacity that we can. A meals coordinator, when life sends you the worst, when you lose someone or have a complicated surgery coming up, that we have a team of people that could just say, we want to take things off your plate. And so we've got you and your family covered for the next few nights. We've got dinner taken care of. You just recover, you mourn, you do whatever you need to do, but let us take care of that for you. And that we could be the first responses of the church to just remind people how much they matter to God and matter to us. Every year, we are saved thousands of dollars because people volunteer to come up and to mow our grounds. We need people to mow. We need musicians, photographers, people that take great pictures. And we just know if you're taking pictures, we can count on those pictures. And we don't have to worry about editing half of them because there's a finger in them. Like if I took the pictures or that they're all out of focus or anything like that. 
pro-presenter, people that, that operate the morning service and let all the slides go and have to follow me. God bless you. It is not easy. Uh, producers who make everything run smoothly here in terms of the services on Sunday. Seating attendants that help people find a seat when you're either a little bit late or you know, you're having the second donut out in the lobby and then you come in after the first song and don't know where the rest of your party is that people could greet you at the doors and help point you either to open seats or where somebody is we need singers, sound engineers, snack coordinators, snow shovelers, stream operators, small group leaders, teachers, valet attendants. When we have the six inches of ice that some of you are praying for, why? I do not know, but some of you are praying for another winter Armageddon to come, and then we don't cancel church, and then it just blows my mind because I look out and I see somebody who's 90 years old pull up to church, and I'm like, I can't believe you're out on the roads. And the last thing I want is for you to fall in our parking lot. So if you could just pull up to the door and let us park your car at least to an area where you got salted and then you don't break your hip walking in after you've driven to church in six inches of snow, that would just set my heart at ease. We need people that will weed around the property. And we need, we need you to, to utilize your gift and your talent and your passion that I didn't even mention on this list because you've got a great idea. And God's given you a passion for something, but we haven't thought of it yet because we're not that smart. But God's given you that gift and that passion in your heart don't wait for the ask. Initiate it. A couple weeks ago, actually a couple months ago, I put on a shirt. It was one of my favorite shirts. And I, I said to Brooklyn, my wife, I said, hey, uh, is there a problem with our new dryer? And she's like, no, why? I'm like, this is a little tighter than I, it's ever been before. She said, the problem's not with the dryer. I'm like, all right. Some of you have been serving in a capacity and a role for a really long time. And it used to fit great. But it doesn't anymore. And now you're showing up and you're serving, but it's out of obligation. And it's not opportunity. And hear my heart when I tell you the last thing we want for you is to serve out of obligation. I mean, sometimes you, you go to a store and you try on a, a, a new piece of clothing and you know right away, nope, not getting that. I don't like the way it fits. Here's what I want. I want every single person that calls Lakeside home to realize that, yes, as followers of Jesus, we have an obligation to use the gifts, talents, and abilities that God has created us with and to make a difference for him but I don't want us to approach it like it's an obligation. I want us to approach it like it's the opportunity that it is to grow closer to Jesus, to grow closer to one another, and to help people in their spiritual journey. The fact that God, who doesn't need us, has chosen to utilize us, that's how we need to experience it. That's how we need to, to go after it. That this is an incredible opportunity that we have. And no matter what your gift, no matter what your talent, no matter what your ability, there is room for you. And we're not coming to you out of a place of desperation, but we're coming to you out of a place of opportunity. And we're saying, 
there's the opportunity for you to experience that fullness and experience that joy when you put into practice the talents and abilities and gifts that God has created you with and make a tangible difference. It will change your life. And my hope and my prayer is that you will experience that. And we'd love for you to experience that here. God, I pray that we would be people who realize not just the obligation we have of serving you, but the opportunity we have. That we would be full of joy. That we would find that encouragement and that excitement that comes when we serve you. We live out the, the gifts and the talents and the abilities that you've created and designed us with. And we utilize those to impact others. And in the process, God, we grow closer to you. We experience the joy that comes from following and serving you. And we help others grow closer to you as well. God, help us see it for what it is. That, yeah, it's an obligation, but God, it's an opportunity to partner with you in your work. Not because your work's dependent upon us. Not because you're desperate for us. But for some reason, you choose to use us. God, let that energize us. Let that excite us. pray that we wouldn't be driven by guilt. I pray that we wouldn't be doing something we're no longer passionate about just because we feel like we have to. But we would find the things that energize us and fill us. And we would serve you, God, and experience your blessing in the process. In your son, Jesus' name we pray. Amen.